This is Collins and Shu, the podcast, episode 460 for the week of November 25th, 2018. You're listening to Collins and Shu. Hello, welcome to Cons and Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Cons and Shu. We come to you uh, a little bit from the past uh, to cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. My name is Mike. You may see me online as Vegito Ex. However, Mike is just fine here. Uh, Julian, you are joining me across the way. Hello, local here. Yes, I am right here in New Jersey. In here. In here. In my the, basement. The Consenju Archives. That's right. New Jersey edition. This episode of our podcast, we are so excited to share with you uh, our experiences and our material from Anime NYC this uh, previous weekend or two weekends ago uh, at some point. You can hold things up, but it's an audio podcast. No one can see what you're holding. Oh, we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, we had a wonderful time. Uh, we're going to break this episode up uh, the following way. We are going to start... I'm sure what most of you are here for, our interview with the one and only Mr. Toru Furia, a voice of Yamcha in the Dragon Ball series. I, I guess we didn't ask him about Paku in uh, the Dragon Ball GT TV special. Maybe we could have. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't quite get there. Uh, it was awesome. We had some uh, dedicated time with him at the convention this weekend, uh, in addition to his panel and signings, that kind of stuff. So we're going to kick things off with our interview there, and then we're going to transition over to Julian, you and I, talking uh, a day-by-day -day breakdown. We recorded day one after day one. We recorded day two after day two. Uh, we are now sitting post-day three to record the intro, the day three, and the outro. Which is not the format and order of the episode, but I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, enjoy hearing from Frudia himself, uh, as well as Julian, who it was great. I I kind of just sat there and looked pretty impressed record. Yeah, I, I was nervous. I feel like I kind of stumbled over my words at the beginning, but I got more confident as time went on. It was nerve wracking. My favorite part was um, only quasi paying attention and then seeing the interpreter just walk out of the room. It's like, I'm not, I'm not needed here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I kind of felt bad about that. I, I did apologize to her when I saw her in the signing. I'm like, you know, I, I feel like I was kind of rude. So like, no, 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 I was I was fine. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it right now. Uh, Toru Furia, Kanzenshu style. We'll see on the flip side to do a day by day breakdown of the convention. Let's go. So we started by asking Mr. Furia that uh, he's mentioned previously in the past that he was, uh, as a reader of Toriyama's and of Dr. Slump, seeing Yamcha for the first time, uh, what were his expectations going into that character and how did that change over time? And so he said, you know, he, he had uh, read Dr. Slump, he enjoyed it a lot, he thought it was a lot of fun, and so he was naturally paying attention to Dragon Ball when it started. And he had the good fortune to be chosen as a character of Yamcha. Now, of course, when Yamcha started, he was sort of this lone wolf type in the middle of the desert uh, and seemed very strong. But of course, over time, um, more and more strong characters like uh, Piccolo and Vegeta come out and he sort of gradually becomes more of the comic relief type character there. So, and, and that was kind of a shame. He, he'd preferred to be the strong young chef who gets to fight. So, <laughs> <laughs> 
fight for status. Now, for a while, it seemed like the Tournament of Power in Dragon Ball Super seemed to kind of want us to think that Yamcha was going to get involved a little bit there. Uh, but ultimately, he didn't. So we were curious if uh, Furiya-san was disappointed in that, that he didn't get a chance to show off a little bit there. Yes, and he said he, he, would, he was a little bit disappointed and he would have liked to get a chance to be among the participants. But at this point, Yamcha is really sort of uh, a comedian. He's comic relief when he shows up. And there really aren't a huge number of those comedic moments, especially uh, getting into later in the series. And he, he'd like to see more of, of a little bit of that uh, comic relief come back so you can sort of have a breather. So with all that in mind, we were curious if uh, the baseball episode where Yamcha comes back and he's kind of like the main character of the episode, yep. it's almost like a, a consolation for that or made up for it in any way for him. Yeah, and he said he really wanted to approach it as, you know, to show off a, a cool sort of Yamcha, because after all, uh, baseball is one of the only things that he's good at this point. Uh, and, you know, he had fun with it, and of course at the end he ends up in that by now sort of meme-tastic pose of the dead in the on the ground. You know, it's kind of a shame that it was the whole ball game just for him to end up like that, but in, in spite of that, you know, uh, Yamcha fans really enjoyed it, and in, in some ways, um, that, well, that made him happy and in some ways he's sort of you know uh, very much sort of the closest to the uh, everyman among uh, all the different characters you know that really makes him easy to relate to made him happy so of course something that uh, we recently talked about on the podcast was uh, the case of being reincarnated as Yamcha by Dragon Garo Lee uh, so we kind of prefaced it with uh, you know the the death pose has become a very comedic element at this point it's been referenced in things like Dragon Ball SD that's running in Psycho Jump and, and now we have this entire manga dedicated yep. to Yamcha uh, what were his thoughts on the manga had anyone uh, brought it to his attention Yes, so he he has read it, and uh, he was he was uh, happy about it because after all, the Yamcha that appears in that one is actually quite a bit stronger, and uh, he would definitely like to see that made into animation at some point. And so I added, yes, if if, if anybody at uh, Toy Animation could, if we could maybe ask that of them, then I definitely want to see that. <laughs> At this point in his career, uh, Furiya-san has basically worked with everyone there is in the industry. We were curious, though, uh, if there's anyone that he hasn't worked with that he would be excited to work alongside. Yes, and he took his time answering this one. He gave it a lot of thought, and then he said, well, he pretty much has worked with everyone in the in the voice acting industry. So if there was somebody that he hasn't worked with that he would like to, it would probably be a live-action actor or perhaps actress, uh, such as the actress uh, Yuriko Ishida, who um, has been in such works as... Actually, she has been in some anime in terms of uh, Princess Mononoke. She was San, uh, the voice of that character. But uh, yes, he would, he would love to work with her or perhaps uh, go out for a few drinks with her. He, he has this sort of uh, character, I think, is sort of a, a lady. 
Bounty Killer, which I don't know that he necessarily is, but he has a lot of fun milking that for what it's worth. <laughs> Furiya-san has played so many characters. Of course, we know him as Yamcha, uh, Mamo-chan, and Tuxedo Mask in Sailor Moon, uh, even things like uh, in Kimigori Orange Road. He's played so many characters over the years. We were curious if there's any roles or performances uh, that aren't brought up as often that he would uh, love for people to check out and, and, yep. and maybe you know, see him in a different light. And right off the bat, he mentioned Kashan Sins, which was a um, 2010 reboot of uh, the earlier Kashan series from the 1970s. He played the main character, and it wasn't such a big hit in Japan, but he felt like it, it's a really strong work that was pretty deep in terms of the story, and he would love for American fans to check it out and to like it too. This is a question that actually came up during the bigger panel as well, but we had it on the list. We, we wanted to get a little more in-depth here. Uh, Furiya-san has been running his website, Toru's Home, for uh, a number, almost as long as we've been running our website, uh, if not longer. I actually need to go back and check the date. I think it might be 96 on there. He might have me by a couple of years. Uh, he's very big in the fan interaction, whether it's through the website uh, or these days through Twitter as well. So we were curious, uh, how has that fan interaction changed over times and uh Kind of like, what is the value there? And he said, you know, he felt like the big thing that's changed now is that you get a lot of responses from fans uh, who've seen things that he's uh, been in and uh, from all over the world. And it's almost instantaneous. And so, you know, he, he really appreciates that uh, aspect of social media and uh, the fact that he, he gets things from in all sorts of languages. And, you know, he uses translation software to try to read them. And unfortunately, he can't always respond to them. Uh, but it, do, it really does make him happy. And I asked... Um, what um, what sort of response has uh, really uh, he found uh, that he liked the best out of everything that he's experienced so far in terms of that? And he just, um, he says that it's not just that people like the roles that he's played, but um, through those roles that he's played, that uh, people also come to like him, Toru Furuya, uh, especially young ladies. <laughs> And in classic style, we wrap things up with uh, just a message for the Dragon Ball fans out there. Uh, え、これからもきっと何か作品の中で、え、山ちゃんがあの、出てきて、ま、おそらく笑いを取るシーンだと思いますけど。ま、あの、出てくるので、それをぜひ楽しみに待っていてほしいと思います。忘れないでください。あり
So today was uh, a little bit of a short day for us. We, uh, you had a long asking me. We had a snowstorm, if yeah. you didn't know, over here in the Northeast U.S. Snowpocalypse 18. Snowpocalypse, yeah. kind of. We were expecting it, so I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but uh, it got real hard real fast. Yeah, and you know, one way or another, I had to get here. And yeah, that was a fun drive. Normally, it would take me about five and a half to six hours. It took me nine and a half. It was a little bit of white knuckle driving here and there, but mostly I just played it safe, drove slowly. A lot of idiots on the side of the road who clearly were going too fast for their own good, but that slowed up the drive for the rest of us trying to wait for people to get them cleared off the road, you know? So, yeah, Yeah. I was exhausted. I ended up sleeping for about 10 hours. (laughs) Uh, got to I, a point this morning, I'm like, Mary, I'm texting Julian, but he's not responding. Like, do, do I go in there? Do I wake him up? Is he alive? I don't actually know. I was unconscious, okay? <laughs> I wasn't responding to my phone. It was probably buzzing away, and I'm just like... <sighs> you know, but uh, eventually, I just nodded. <laughs> You're funny. You're like... Wah, wah. <laughs> where? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not usually here, so I'm like, where am I? <laughs> Until I remembered, oh yeah, I drove down last night. <laughs> so it took us a little bit to get going today, but we eventually did. We've had the the best train commutes of I think of our lives today, especially in comparison to what you went through for Comic Con. So yeah, that, that was pretty good, especially compared to the fact that we had a snowstorm yesterday. You wouldn't right. be able to tell today. You never know today so uh we got in basically in time to go get our badges and uh head on down uh we were thinking about maybe doing the toru furia autograph session uh as we learned though they were passing out tickets Uh, the autographs are kind of weird though at this convention it feels like a mix of anime conventions and something like new york comic-con kind of the, the, the formal professional industry run conventions where uh a lot of, if not all, of the American guests are doing paid signings ah. versus the Japanese guests, which are free, but you apparently have to go get tickets. Uh, so it's not quite a lottery system, but you have to get there early enough in the day and yeah. they, they kind of sell out immediately. They, they told me like eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. I don't even know who's having a signing tomorrow. Right. Because they seem to publicize who's having a signing on the American guests, but the Japanese guests, I don't know if they didn't know what their schedule would be until later on, but yeah, it's like, hello? Does anybody <laughs> know what's going on here? So, well, speaking of, uh, Mr. Todu Furia apparently only got into America a couple hours before he was scheduled to do stuff today. Yeah, there was a tweet online. He landed like 9 30 this morning and his signing session was at 1 30 and his panel was at three so i imagine he got his stuff went through customs right and basically hightailed it to the convention so he must have been exhausted yeah yeah you know but even so i would have liked to have been able to get a signing and i don't know maybe something will come of it in future maybe days i mean it's only friday as we're recording this we have no foreknowledge of what is to come right so if something does happens it'll seem like a, a prediction but it's not right so we kind of split up for a little bit there and you know, i hung out with you a little bit We're like oh, we'll, we'll get in line we'll see what happens uh you stayed over there we both brought our <laughs> reincarnated as yamcha manga just in case so you hung out there i went over to 
the panel room where he was going to be in an hour and a half, two hours time, right. uh, kind of er- around there. Uh, they were doing in that particular panel room, they were clearing the room after every panel. So they actually had a lineup room next to the panel room. So I was going to keep an eye on how many people are lining up for this. And when is kind of like our make or break point, Julian, you know, abandon your autograph session and kind of come over here. Right. And we figured, yeah. well, all right, his autograph session was from what, 1 to 2.30. So there's going to be a point around 2.30, 2.40 where he was going to leave the autograph to come over to do the panel. And sure enough, you, you didn't make it all the way up to the front of the line. But it seems like you, you had some fun conversations in the meantime. Yeah. Um. So... I got stuck in the back of the line because obviously I didn't have a ticket. So they're like, yeah, if we get through all of this, then we might have a spot for you, but no promises kind of thing. And if people came with the tickets, we'd get shunted ahead of us. (laughs) But uh, I ended up uh, in conversation with this um, one person who was sporting a a costume from, I guess, Mob Psycho 100. I'm, I'm afraid... I'm not familiar enough with the series to know who she was cosplaying as, but feel free to chime in if you know the character with green hair and who's female. That I don't know if that's enough information to go on even, <laughs> but um, yeah, she was hanging out. She was a fan of him as well, obviously, and uh, perused the Yamcha manga. And we ended up um, then uh, talking to the people ahead of us who were both cosplaying as characters uh, from shows that, uh, Toru Furia had been in. One was dressed as somebody from uh, uh, Detective Conan, and the other person was dressed as Amaro himself, basically. And um, they were they were both from Japan. One was in New York already. One had flown in specifically for the con, and was really hoping to get an autograph from him. We, you know, we chatted about our fandom, and I showed off my getting to talk to Masako Nozawa last month because I'm going to milk that for all it's worth <laughs> and, you know, um, exchange social media handles because what do nerdy fans do? Right. Uh, and, and as it, as it turns out, even though they had tickets, they didn't get in either. Mm. And they were, uh, promised that they would get, um, shown to the front of the line if they came back on Sunday. But at least one of them was flying out on Saturday. So what that, that's got to suck. Yeah. But, you know, um, you know, made some new acquaintances, got to chat, about our respective fandoms and had some uh, good times on the side, even if we didn't get to do what we had set out to do just then. Sure. So kind of hung out there for a little bit, you know, new friends. That's good too. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually you just came over to the panel and, uh, yeah. yeah, there were a bunch of people in front of us. There's still plenty of room yep. at that point. That was good. Did I mention all this conversation that I was doing in the line was in Japanese? Of course it was. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just weird because I didn't realize at the time that the person I was talking to initially also spoke Japanese, but then the people in front of us were speaking Japanese. So we just ended up talking to each other and like, <laughs> Oh, Hey, you speak there. Japanese. Oh, you speak <laughs> Japanese. That's cool. How did you, you know, so it's like, oh, yeah, we're all just chatting out in, over here in Japanese. No big deal, right? You're literally that guy. Except you're not that guy because you're not that guy during the panels. So let's go to yeah. Toru Furia's panel, uh, which was this afternoon from 3 to 4, I think it was. Something like that. Yeah, about 3 to 4. Sounds about right. Uh, moderated by uh, one of the reporters slash editors. I can't remember their name or their title from Anime News Network. Yes. Uh, we had a separate interpreter as well. Uh, what is it with all you white people who speak Japanese that have the deepest of deepest voices? I don't know. I just think it's uh, a shared trait. Yeah. Which is weird because when I speak Japanese, I feel like my voice goes up. You do. Just naturally the way sure. that 
I don't know that that's a trait of the language, but it's just what my voice does when I shift into the, into Japanese. And it's like triple so in the Mezumashi TV segment where you're you're speaking Japanese, but you're also excited. So you're like way up here. I was excited and I was trying to speak over the crowd. So it was doubly <laughs> high pitched there. Anyway, so let's talk about the panel. Uh, it was a fun time. We had about an hour in there. Uh, the way it was uh, conducted was the moderator went through um, predetermined questions, kind of like series by series. We went from Gundam to Dragon Ball to Sailor Moon to Detective Conan, maybe a couple other little things along the way. Uh, pretty good time overall. Uh, then we had maybe like 20 minutes of fan Q&A. Let's save that for a little bit here. Right. Uh, some pretty good questions uh, in terms of Dragon Ball specifically. While it wasn't addressed by name, it kind of was. Yeah. Uh, first question, if you were to be reincarnated as Yamcha, uh, hint, what would hint. you do <laughs> in yes. the series? Exactly. So it's like they, they were sort of maybe trying to get him to mention it himself almost, or maybe they thought that they would be going a little bit too uh, off the deep end in terms of like fandom specific stuff if they did that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wish they would have mentioned it by name because that would have been a cool thing to bring up. A couple other good questions there. Uh, one of the other ones was talking about the difference in perception, if there is one between uh, Western fans and Japanese fans toward the character of Yamcha. And he talked about how he's kind of seen similarly in Japan as he's relatively weak and his death sort of be- becomes almost meme-worthy and that they made this figure of dead Yamcha in his crater and right, it's right. sold really really well and of course Furio also has a copy of it <laughs> but that he personally feels like Yamcha he, he may be weak but he's actually one of the strongest earthlings uh, Furio himself puts him as number two to Krillin right. and um, that he has a lot of human failings in his uh, his uh, various weaknesses towards for, for example women that make him very easily relatable to the audience from there again we had a couple more series focused questions uh shailor moon detective conan a lot of good anecdotes in there then we get into the the fan questions and it's you you have to pre-vet your your fan questions you just have to yeah i mean i love the enthusiasm i love the excitement i love how earnest the questions are but it it derails and it 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 brings down the mood. Sometimes it can get so wonky that nobody has any idea what anyone is talking about. Yeah. And it, it takes the the interpreter who, by nature of the job, gen, tends to be a generalist who's not up on every single thing that the guest has done. Right. And trying to convey what he thinks the audience member has said to right. the panel guest in order to get them to answer. and. There's just this massive communication breakdown. And I hate to start placing blame here because at this point I don't want to blame the fan. Do I blame the host, the, the the moderator? I feel like at that point it's your job. You need to bail this out. You you got to figure it out. You got to bring right. it in the direction. That's you, the moderator's job. You can't let it just falter there on the spot. That's a very unique skill set that not everyone has. I don't think I'd be able to do that. I say all this and it sounds like, oh yeah, Mike, you sound like you know exactly what you do. I don't know that I necessarily would on the spot. I feel like maybe I would. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, so maybe I would. And I'm not saying that I should have been up there, you know, moderating this panel. It would have been a wonderfully amazing experience to do so. That said, there was that one question, the, the 
if you could be one of your characters death battling a character from another show that one of your characters was in? It sounds like I explained that question very well. That was not how it came across during the panel. No. And it it took so much time. And what really what it really comes down to is I feel bad for the people behind that person, behind the people behind them. Because it means they didn't get to ask their questions. Right. And that uh, brings us uh, to the other issue that we encountered. And I know if I were younger and a little cockier, it might be something that I would be tempted to do as well. But um, there... Of all the people in the universe, you are the most qualified to do this. And yet I would would definitely not do that in that situation. Because um, there was an audience... What is the that? The audience member who ended up being the last audience member to ask the question, asked their questions exclusively in Japanese. That was That's great if you're the guest and you get to answer the question, but then the rest of the audience who doesn't understand Japanese needs to have the interpreter step in and translate both the question yeah. and the answer, and that slows everything down, and it wastes time. Yeah, and then they had a follow-up to their follow-up, it felt like, and they had already announced, we only have time for one more. It's just, this is a breakdown of just con preparedness. I I don't know how to describe it. Like, this is the thing you need to know is going to happen. You need to vet your questions. You need to... You need to be able to say no to people and feel comfortable saying no to people. Like, um, no, sorry. Yeah, and I mean... In, in terms of the person asking the question, you know, it's it's great that you know, know Japanese. I understand it. That's cool. I could sense, read the room. I could sense your enthusiasm, but this is a convention geared towards people who speak English who don't necessarily speak Japanese. You know, for all I know, apart from the people that I personally spoke to beforehand, nobody else. <laughs> right. And then they didn't bother translating at all the follow up question, what the answer was. So no one knows what they were talking about. I other, do, other, but other, it right. was so inconsequential <laughs> that I already forgot what it was. What it was. It's just this continues to be a problem. Anime cons. I've been going to anime cons since 1999. This is still a problem. It was a problem in '99. It remains a problem here in 2018. Yeah. And it just this is a thing you got to do when you have Japanese guests. You you got to. You got to feel comfortable saying no to people. And I know that's tough yeah. when you're a fan convention, something yeah. like this. And but. especially because I feel like when they're in fan events in Japan, it tends to be much more closely moderated. Yeah. By their very nature, well, and they again, don't. They've had a moderator yeah. here, but and some some of of the of the Japanese guests uh, adjust and very naturally react to the different crowd dynamics when they're in a Western anime convention but some people are completely mystified and i felt like despite his best attempts to sort of warm up to the crowd Toru yeah. Furia just wasn't quite sure what to make of some of this stuff and it was probably a combination of that and like i just got off a plane what is going on <laughs> yeah I, I imagine there must have been some sort of delays involved as well because of last night yeah um so he had just gotten off a plane he must have been absolutely exhausted trying to keep himself up till tonight so he can get on this time zone yeah and for a couple days and we're and, right. you know you've got people throwing up this obscure stuff towards him which is you know in terms of fandom sure whatever but it's it's got to be a little bit made to accommodate them you know yeah. so we say all that the panel is actually a very fun time he's a very personable person um we were talking about his his speaking voice versus his acting voice he's someone else uh, I feel like actually like Toshio Furukawa, where his his speaking voice is not the same as his acting yes. voice. 
I feel like it's um, it's still rather high pitched, but it's not as high pitched as his character voices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially if you get to characters like Amuro Rei, who was like a, in his mid teens initially, yeah, yeah. and Yamcha, who is much more dramatic in his delivery. Right. But um, yeah, he's he's got a naturally relatively high voice, but not that that high pitched. Yeah. So it was a good time. Yeah, <laughs> we had a wonderful time spending an hour with Furia there in the panel. Uh, from that point, we're like, all right, this is all we've done so far. Let's go explore the convention. Uh, so we wandered around the dealer's room, and I made a terrible mistake. Um, yes. Yeah, so he wandered into this place that had various figures from different series, and he discovered uh, Super Dragon Ball Heroes masked cyan. I'm doing finger quotes. Or, aka Bardock figure. I hate Dragon Ball here. I hate Dragon Ball. <laughs> Julian, I hate Dragon Ball. For heroes. someone who hates it, you sure enjoy buying their figures and playing the video game. Have I mentioned that I hate Dragon Ball Heroes? Is is this becoming like some sort of Stockholm syndrome for you, or what? A little bit <laughs> more than a little bit. It's, it's much more than a little. It's bit. It's becoming a problem. <laughs> It's a problem. Someone please stop me. Someone please help me. I'm asking for help. Someone please intervene. Well, we at least stopped you from also buying the Goku Zeno one. There was a double pack. I almost bought them both. <laughs> oh, so. All right. That's the only one I'm going to buy. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of Dragon Ball Heroes specific figures out there these days. Yeah. Was there another one was the uh, female Cyan um, the note equivalent, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Super well, Saiyan God one. form, yeah. I'm I'm speaking of the the bigger ones in particular. Like you you like Bardock, you like a particular form of Bardock. We got that Bardock. You want Super Saiyan three Bardock? We got Super Saiyan three Bardock. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> there was that. I was surprised we didn't see a Super Saiyan four Broly. Maybe yeah. we're speaking too soon. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll go back and take a closer look tomorrow. Lots of Dragon Ball figures. I mean, this is normal, but I feel like the the hero specific stuff is uh, definitely getting out there. And maybe that ties in with uh, the news. We're not doing the news segment this episode, but uh, the uh, Australian government's website has provided a rating for Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission on the Nintendo Switch. So yes. no, maybe you, it's getting out there. Maybe. I mean, think about the title. What does that tell you about what their aspirations are for Wadudo the game? Wardo mission, yes. yes. Getting out there. Zawardo. Oh, yeah. Please freeze time. Someone come get me. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of Dragon Ball stuff out there. Uh, the the Zo Zokai Tenkaichi. What it's is it? um, Tenkai. You know, Zokai Tenkaichi Zoukai. Budokai, which is officially the World Figure Coliseum, where they have these World, different sculptors. Right. From uh, not only Japan, but various parts of the world, like uh, South Korea, Mexico, Spain, parts of South America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we talked about it on the Comic-Con yes. podcast. But Quote, unquote, compete for the to make the best figure in a particular tournament. You're a winner. You're a winner. You get a figure. You get a figure. Yes. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Uh, lots of those figures as well, alongside the hero stuff. Um, good times. Yes. Um, what else for Dragon Ball in the dealer's room in particular? Uh, Just well, there, there, there's the the ubiquitous Funko Pops. Yeah, yeah. And the Funimation booth, which is really an FYE booth selling Blu-rays. And, right. It's about it. Viz didn't have any real Dragon Ball presence, yeah. it seemed like, this time. Yeah, and there was a few Dragon Ball cosplays. Not a lot. Once no, again, we didn't see a lot today. No, and I felt like in general there was more cosplay at uh, Comic Con than this one. I agree. It more could... anime cosplay at Comic Con than here. Yeah, I, and once again, either way, uh, my hero 
dominates. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who did you see? Uh, all right, so let's transition away from the dealer's room. There's not much to say about there. So Mr. Satan saw a couple trunkses. Yeah. It's about it, right? I saw somebody wearing cyan armor, but I wasn't sure if they were a character or if they were just in just whatever. the armor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we'll have to follow up on that over the yep. rest of the weekend, see if... I saw a cosplayer sitting at their booth who had a picture of them as Bulma, but they were dressed as somebody else I didn't know. <laughs> right. Uh, what else about today? I mean, we kind of did a, a brief pop in at the artist alley as well, but then we dipped out. It was a relatively short day for us overall. Yeah. We I have think, a long day ahead of us tomorrow, yeah, so we cut it short. Today we had a late start, but tomorrow there's panels in the morning, there's press stuff in the morning, in the afternoon there's Hironobu Kageyama. And also Shokotan, was she performing tomorrow Julian, as well? Tomorrow evening, we are seeing Hironobu Kageyama, mm-hmm. Hiroshi Kitadani, Shoko Nakagawa in concert. <laughs> I am beyond stoked. This sounds like the best time in the world. Yes. So that's tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. Get out your glow sticks. Yeah. Uh, but also, tomorrow morning, we have some interview time with Toto Furia. Yeah, that could be interesting. We didn't talk about this. You're right. We almost forgot. Uh, we stalked him in the dealer's room. Well, we didn't stalk him. We were wandering around. I kind of stalked him. Yeah. So Mike points to me uh, or taps me on the shoulder and goes, Julian, Julian. <laughs> like, what, what, what? What, did I miss something? Sure, dude. Look. Like, oh, <laughs> Toru Furia just walked by me going the other direction. <laughs> so as he is, he went into a booth to check stuff out. But as he came out, I walked up to him and said, Oh, you're you're Toru Furia, aren't you? Well, thank you so much for coming. Uh, I, I was wondering though if you might mind if I could take a picture with you. And he said, "Okay." This yeah. is this exchange was all in Japanese, and and so we did. And I have photographic evidence that I met him. Good times. Uh, so tomorrow, <laughs> I took a real creepy shot, and he looked at me at the exact time I was doing. It. I was like. God. Damn it. So now he thinks I'm a weirdo. <laughs> well, that's okay. But, but then you, so I kind of like watch around the corner away while you were doing it because I was too embarrassed. <laughs> you came back because you were taking a photo. <laughs> right. So this is my uh, latest in a long line of Julian takes a picture standing next to people related to Dragon Julian, Ball. Julian, there's a person. Go talk to them. Yeah, so far, I've uh, had my picture taken with the director of Battle of Gods, with the head of the Dragon Ball Room, who at the time was just the editor-in-chief of V-Jump, and also Masako Nozawa, and now Toru Furia. Yep, good stuff. So, as I was getting at, uh, we have some brief time with him tomorrow. Yes. So I'm very excited for that, and we'll see where the day takes us uh, with that and beyond. Yes. So. Masakazu Morita is out and about at the con somewhere. Yes. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do anything related to him today. He had a signing, which was already basically wrapping up when we found it. Yeah. And, and you needed a ticket. Tickets anyway, so that, that kind of wasn't going to happen. Um, and Morita was uh, a late announcement for the convention, yes. too. He's was, also, I think he's been in a lot more recent stuff, so he's a lot more well-known among Western fans. Yeah. He yeah. was Ichigo and Bleach. And right, <laughs> that's, that's like the big one. Biggest things. Yeah. We're like, oh, you're terrible. You're Weiss. <laughs> oh, yeah. You I like food. Was, Let's bring you food. I guess he was Weiss, too. So we'll see uh, if we run into him at all this weekend, yes. but we definitely have Furia yes. tomorrow, yes. so I'm, I'm very excited about this. Yes. Anime NYC, we had a pretty good time. Again, uh, all things considered, is a relatively short day for us, but mm-hmm. we know we have a long day ahead of us tomorrow, and we're like, well, we want to go home and podcast about the first day while it's still totally fresh in our heads. So right. cut it short and came home, and it's an awesome day, uh, an awesome Saturday ahead of us. Pretty much, yeah. It'll be fun. 
Yep. All right. So let's cut this here. And the next time you hear us, we'll uh, either be during Saturday or after Saturday or Sunday morning. And it might be another one of those. It's Sunday. I'm so tired, but we had a wonderful time. I have to drive back today. I have no idea what. I don't know what the roads are going to be like. I don't want to be on another nine hour drive. (laughs) Oh, my tailbone is killing me. All right. So look forward to that. We'll talk to you then. All right. Day two is over. I'm tired. I'm so tired. At least we had food. Yeah. Uh, food has been consumed. Uh, we're ready for bed. But we got to talk about day two. Uh, day two started everything perfectly on schedule, on time. We got yeah. there plenty of time. Super happy. We get to our press area and they're like, yeah, we're going to need to reschedule to tomorrow. Like, oh. I mean, I understand. Like, I get it. I totally get it. And we'll talk about our crack theory in a second. But uh, <laughs> this kind of leads into the the overall just kind of flow of the day for us at Anime NYC is that there's actually not a ton of stuff for us to do. Yeah. On our beat specifically. And even for me as a regular anime fan, there's actually not a ton for me to go do. I felt like outside of the few franchises they're really trying to promote... Yeah, there wasn't a lot of sort of like more general stuff going on that people could do or take part in. I mean, there was video games in the exhibition hall, which was great. Play pop yeah. music for a while. It's exciting. But you looked down the list. It's like, all right, they're really promoting K, whatever that is. Masakazu Morita's in it, so the, cool. Yeah, and the Fate, the Fate franchise, series, which yep. I've I've never gotten into, and the last season of Fairy Tale. Mm, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So those are being pushed, and that makes sense. I've been to cons like the wonderful Animazement 2013, and it was very heavy Dragon Ball and One Piece focus on that. So if you weren't into that, you know you kind of didn't have a whole lot to do. So, you know, she's on the other foot here. But I just, we're looking down the schedule, and the schedule looks full, but there's a lot of signings on the schedule, mm-hmm. uh, paid and otherwise. And if you're not into doing that... It's a very autograph-focused convention, it feels, looking down there, and we're, we just weren't doing that. Right. And there's nothing to cover there, so it really leaves us going, all right, let's go walk around the yeah. dealer's room again. Apart from, like, special premiere screenings and that sort of thing, it didn't feel Which like they, they did had. have. Yeah. It felt like they didn't have a lot of just sort of things that were going on for people to do if they wanted to, you know, just take a break or yeah yeah uh they did have an amv contest it sounded like for the first time uh there were a couple other panels that were not standard industry panels there's an lgbt panel uh today uh i think there's an anituber panel later in the evening as well so there's that kind of stuff going on but it seemed very very spread out is either early in the day or very late in the day and that was kind of it yeah. That being said, uh, the concerts were a big part of this convention as well. Uh, two days. There was one yesterday. Uh, no one we were particularly interested in. So that led us to today. Right. Uh, that concert, which was basically the big finale for us, we thought it was going to be anyway. Uh, concert Morning Musume. Okay. Okay. Uh, Shoko Nakagawa. Dragon Ball fans would know Nakagawa as the Oracle Fish. Yes, <laughs> recent Dragon and Ball production. Big Dragon Ball fan in herself. She was basically reduced to a blubbering pile of mush in the in the presence of Masako Nozawa. Right. Which I really feel for her because it was difficult for me to keep my composure. And she kind of did a similar thing with Kageyama on stage today. We'll we'll get to that. Uh, other things people may know Nakagawa for. 
uh, Twitter pictures with cats. But also she's done a lot of anime cover songs. Uh, she's done three cover albums that I know of and own. I, I wonder if she's actually done more since that I haven't gone and checked out. Uh, and then we had Hiroshi Kitadani, who Dragon Ball fans would know from uh, Battle Stadium D.O.N. and the uh, J-Stars Victory Versus opening theme, but right. uh, actually the singer of uh, Important One Piece theme song. Yes, anything that starts with we in One Piece as, yes. a, as an opening theme, that's that's him singing. I didn't know there was a third one. I learned something new during the concert today. Yeah, what was it? We can? We can. I'm that far behind. It filled me with hope. Yes, uh, and then the big one, Hironobu Kageyama. Yes, uh, very excited for that. Uh, so the, I guess let's talk about the concert and then we'll kind of wrap things back around again and look ahead to day three. Uh, the concert they started, Kageyama and Kitadani came out and did Fighting Dreamers from Naruto. Yeah, and that's a flow song. It so is. neither one of them have that in their catalog, but they sung it anyway. <laughs> I don't know what the story is there. You're like, well, Flo did Hedgehala, so maybe he's stealing something back. I mean, the entire point of this was an anime song celebration, so I could kind of see it in that regard. But I wonder if there's a larger story that I don't know here. Like, is this something that they do have done? Uh, there's right. explicit permission for, I, I don't know. Right? <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of out of left field. It was like, you're not expecting that song from those voices. and like, I know the song. I know I know. Of course I know the Oh, right. But okay. but now I want to hear Kageyama sing Hiro Kibo no Uta from Battle of Gods. I know. Let's keep going with the flipping around there. Uh, and I thought it was going to be more and more of the kind of shifting and bringing people in and going out and coming back on. But it kind of did go into mostly the acts themselves, maybe with some assistance here and there. Yeah. So we pretty much transitioned to Kitadani doing uh, some of his own stuff. He did one of his Jam Project songs. He did all three of the One Piece songs, some other stuff in there as well. It was a great time. Yeah, it was, it was fun. And uh, Nakagawa came on and she was full of bubbly... Energy. She basically, um, her her internet persona and her pers- sage persona are one and the same. Yeah, very, absolutely. Very much like Genki. For lack I am of a happy. Word. We can do this. We are all together. This is wonderful. Yay! Yeah, you could tell she was excited to be there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, she had two backup dancers with her, which is different yeah. from some of the other. Yeah, acts. and some some of them had like glow sticks. And I, I felt like they were trying to land a plane or something on stage. It's good I times. don't know. Uh, Nakagawa did not do any Dragon Ball cover songs. She's done a few over her cover albums. Uh, she led with Romantiku Agario on the first cover album, then later did a cover of Senkai Power, and she did a short version of Don Don as a bonus track on one of those albums, uh, but none of that was included here. She did her Gurren Lagann stuff. Pokemon stuff, Blanking. Too. Did she do one of the Pokemon songs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blanking on what else she did. It, it was good. She did a cover of the uh, Evangelion theme song. That's right. She did the Ava Main theme, which I believe was on her cover albums. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily know it from her personality if you weren't otherwise familiar with her, but Nakagawa can belt it, man. She's got a great voice, a great yes. range. She can get into that gravelly yeah. uh, performance as well. She, um, I mean, her default is kind of the, the sort of high-pitched... Um, what in Jap- Japanese is called the yosoiki no koi, the the voice that you put on for other people to be mm. all happy and bubbly. But she sure. also has a, a a fairly deep register. Yeah, as yeah. Well. So she has a, a pretty wide vocal range, and she puts it to good use in her songs. 
and then we transitioned into Morning Musume. Which was a thing. Sure was. Uh, like, I know what it is, but uh, stand, I was going to say, have to stand there and watch it in person is certainly yeah. a unique experience for someone in their mid yeah. slash late 30s. I mean, Morning Musume as a, as a concept has existed for the better part of 20 years now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there are talents age out of the group over time. So there's absolutely nobody in the group who would be uh, back from the time that uh, any of the songs I was actually aware of. And frankly, the people who were there at the time seem to have had some distinct trouble in their personal lives that we'll not get into today. <laughs> but um, that being said, they, they performed like one song I knew of and another song that I knew I'd heard before. Sure. And the rest of it was like just, I don't know. Yeah. But it felt like compared to... My baseline for them, which is again like twenty years ago, uh, it seemed like they were really trying to get into like heavy techno beat. Yeah, yeah, almost a K poppy feel with like the really, mm -hmm. really intense choreography and tight harmonies. Yeah, they're always moving around. There was one particular part where one of them is in the center and the others are kind of like circling and swirling around her. And at certain points they would duck down to get like this water flow kind of looking thing around them. Yeah. What one part I could swear that, uh, Oh no, it wasn't that group. It was actually Shokotan, which I thought they were <laughs> ripping off the, the group exile with the, the getting in line and then popping out from the sides. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I yeah. just got away from the microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get used to that. Uh, so morning Musume played for a while. Mm. Then they brought out Kakayama and they did. I don't know what song it was. I'm sorry. It's cha 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 cha. No, no, the, they did something else. Oh, oh, that, that's right. They did the first one. I thought, I thought you were just playing with no, me. No, no. <laughs> no. Uh, what was it called? Uh, it's, it's, it's from like 20 years ago. It's Love Machine. There we go. Oh, okay. Uh, and then we did transition into Hironobu Kakeyama. Uh, we did Hedchala with Morning Musume there, kind of cycling through who was singing what parts, and everyone would belt the chorus together. Honestly, I mean, I'm selfish. I would have preferred Nakagawa there if they were going to do uh, multiple people singing Hedchala or save that for a closing finale. Right. But then when you think about what the finale was, it makes much more yeah. sense than Hedgehala. So it was fine. Just the people there on stage, not my first choice to join him. Right. That's that said, it was fine. Um, Mike and I belted out the whole song, all the lyrics. Of course. <laughs> and a lot of other people did too, which I guess kind of surprised me a little bit, but clearly there were lots of fans who were familiar with the Japanese version. Yeah, and at least doing the Costa, the, mm -hmm. you know, the callback parts. Yeah. That. So that was good. Uh, and then we just had a trio of songs in a row. So Kakeyama uh, solo did We Got Power after that, and then Bokutachu Tenshidata. Uh, we were angels yep. uh, right in a row after that. So that was great. Uh, I was very rusty on my second verse lyrics to Bokutachi. It's been a while since I've tried <laughs> going through that one. It was coming back to me, though. So yeah. it was pretty good. Uh, he did some other stuff. He was. Uh, a class act. Kageyama can do it all. Uh, he yep. can sing. He can't dance, as he proclaimed himself. He cannot do. Uh, but uh, him up there playing guitar, acoustic guitar solo yep. performance cover of The Real Folk Blues from Cowboy Bebop yep. was uh, kind of out of this world. It was very unexpected, but it was it was good, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess he's got a cover album that I was vaguely aware of, but hadn't checked out. Uh, I don't know if it was on there. Probably was, and I probably looked at it and said I should buy that. Yep. Forgot about it. <laughs> and, um, and he also did a duet with Shoko Nakagawa. He did. 
It was was a theme from uh, Spaceship Sagittarius. Yeah, he said that was his first anime song. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm not familiar with the song. It's called what Yume Konen, which literally means Dream Lightyear, mm. which I guess fits with the space theme. Yeah, she seemed like she missed her mark <laughs> at one point during the song. Yeah, he, he he sort of like vamped for a little bit on the same thing until she found where yeah, she was yeah. supposed to come in. <laughs> That's so, okay. Eh, it was fine. Uh, good hustle there. Uh, what else did he do? Did he give us? Uh, he gave us... Uh, oh, we got Saint Seiya in there yeah. as well. So that was good. We got a couple Saint Seiya songs over the course of the night. Uh, I'm aware of them. I know them. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm not a Saint Seiya fan. I've just never had the opportunity to check it out. So. Right. It's like I, I've heard the songs before. I don't yeah, know the yeah. lyrics. So I was sort of grooving along. Yeah. No uh, enough to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, then to really wrap things up, we got everyone out on stage. Uh, and the big closer for the evening uh, makes sense. Not quite jam project, but approaching and having you know, enough people to play the right roles. We ended with uh, Hero, the theme to One Punch Man. Uh, pretty darn good. Uh, everyone yeah. going nuts over that one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That was a fun one. Yeah. An appropriate choice. Uh, good time had by all. There was a VIP section. Uh, if you paid the ultimate mega whatever entry fee to do it, you got yeah. your own section up front with a barricade, and we were yeah. behind there. A lot of, I felt, morning Musume fans up there. They were yeah. really getting into that section of the, of Ooh, the concert yeah. where those of us further back were kind of sitting there like, okay. Yeah. Yep. It's cool. Sure. Where, where's Kageab? <laughs> <laughs> I guess they have been camping out since early in the morning just to get front row of their own VIP front row. So. Wow. Good on them. All right, and that basically wrapped up our evening. Uh, at the con itself, I, I mean, I did a lot of individual wandering around today because you were like, I'm going to book off for a while. Yeah, well, I was kind of frustrated with the lack of stuff to do, so I decided to kill time and to feel like I was doing something. I walked up to book off and browsed there for a while. I ended up buying one book, which was entirely uh, unrelated to the theme of the con. but <laughs> Or Dragon Ball. But it was it was a decent price. It was less than the actual list price of the book, which you don't always find at the book off in New York. Yeah. Usually it's it's more expensive because the markup. Uh, mm-hmm. I just wandered. I, I looked for stuff. I was looking for unique things. Uh, I posted, uh, Julian, it's uh, Kira Toriyama, the world, was it special? Just the world. Just the, the world. The soft cover one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the video game vendors had a couple copies of that, so I posted that up. And then within two minutes, Joe went and bought it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because of course he would. Exactly. Looking for more scanning material. They did have two copies, though. Uh, they were 22 bucks, I think, something like that, which okay. not a terrible price for that. I mean, no. it's not the most rare thing in the world, but it's also not everywhere. So Yeah, I mean, it's like technically still in print. It hasn't been um, discontinued, but yeah. that feels like they only do a print run every so often, mm. every certain number of years. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, they go off the market fairly quickly as people buy them up. These were well-worn, but uh, well-loved, I guess you could say. So yeah. I guess Joe enjoy. <laughs> it's a pretty good book. Some good stuff in there. Uh, otherwise, in, in the dealer's room, um, we haven't really talked about this, but the video game setup, they have a fighter setup with sticks alongside Tekken and Soul Calibur and some other, other stuff there. And decent recent fighting game selection. Mm. Lots of music games. You had your obligatory DDR and I think um, In the Groove or Pump It Up, 
no, in the groove was the the other American made one. I think yeah. it was. So it was probably Pump It Up. You you played what Pop and I played Pop and music. music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, With the the bunny character. Yeah, person. I, have, I don't know. I was getting into it by the end. There, I played a couple of rounds of that. Uh, some of the music games that are out there these days, man. I don't know. Someone was tapping buttons and then like swiping across this circle screen. So it was like buttons and touch screen and they were slamming all over. I have no idea what was going on. It looked pretty intense. Back in my day, we didn't have anything like that. Back in my day, we smashed buttons on the floor controller. And we liked it. Uh, Yeah. Dragon Ball stuff in general. I mean, there's I, I knew I was going to the concert, so I didn't want to buy anything else today. We do have to go back. I say have to for one last round there tomorrow. I may pick up some other stuff. I don't know. Uh, I, I might do some eBay price comparisons. Yeah. In the you meantime. mentioned a couple of, like SNES games over there. Yeah, they had uh, the Butodan games, which I already own complete in box. So like, not for me. So if anyone else grabs them, great. <laughs> you know, they're in pretty decent condition there. Uh, tons of those games were sold, so there's lots of them on the market. Uh, I don't know. The video game vendor actually impressed me quite a bit. There's a lot of cool retro stuff and even more recent things. Uh, tons of copies of Jump Superstars and Ultimate Stars. Uh, I saw some DONs there. So by the time you're listening to this, the, the convention's over, but uh, it's nice to see that stuff kind of out there in rotation and at reasonable yeah. prices, too. So, uh, it's a plus. Yeah. All right, so day three ahead of us is going to be a relatively short day at the convention. Julian, this morning we went there. We had scheduled an interview with a one Mr. Toru Furia. Uh, apparently, that interview was rescheduled for the next day. Uh, so our working theory is uh, that he wanted to sleep. Why is this? Well, he only got into New York on Friday morning because his flight was apparently delayed. Yeah. So he went from that to his signing to a panel, and then he wandered around the convention where I got a picture with him. And then I imagine he probably went back to his hotel. I imagine he probably wanted to rest after yeah, all yeah. that. So I can't really hold it against him. Can't blame him for that. Uh, but we uh, got to get there early tomorrow as well to do this. Oh, yeah. I'm still hoping to get my copy of the Yamcha manga signed. Yes, we'll see how that goes. All right, this brings our uh, day two retrospective to a close. Uh, We'll see you at some point for day three, whether it's you and I or just myself wrapping things up. I don't know yet. We'll take it as it comes. All right, Julian, day three for us. Uh, People just got done hearing day two, which was, oh, our thing got rescheduled. Hopefully it all works out tomorrow. Uh, It worked out. It worked out perfectly fine. We actually got more time than we expected, and it was one-on-one, which was more than anything we really could have asked for. Yeah, it was great. I mean, we even got like twice the amount of time as we thought we would. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be a group, but other people canceled, so we had them to ourselves. Couldn't ask for more than that. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, You already heard the interview, but just uh, from our own perspective here, uh, he he was wonderful. He was definitely very professional, but also extremely kind and generous in in his answers. Uh, You threw him for a loop at some point. Uh, What was the question that he had a little trouble? Uh, He's he's worked with everyone. Yeah, so we asked him if there were any uh, Japanese voice uh, talents who he has not worked with before, who he would like to work with. And he said, well, he thought for a while and went, 
Yeah, I've kind of worked with everybody at this point. <laughs> so he gave out the name of a live action person. We'll get to that. So uh, the interview was great. And at that point, was basically all we were looking to do today, uh, there was a Sailor Moon panel where he would be appearing. But we had already gone to his dedicated panel. Uh, and that was you know the meat of the Dragon Ball content was going to be there, not a Sailor Moon panel. So right. I kind of skipped out on that. Uh, otherwise, after our interview, um, he actually had a combination sailor moon and then makeup session for autographs for people who didn't get around to their spot on friday's interview line yeah so uh you stuck around for that yeah uh you got your yamcha manga autographed yes i did i mean what else would i have autographed i mean i should bring a figure or a cell speaking of bringing a cell i want to give a shout out to raul who uh julian sounds like he recognized you perhaps even by voice in the room there it's possible he was like right next to me in line we had a he had a, a Yamcha cell with like a talking animation on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I, I talked to um, to Mr. Furia in Japanese and said thank you and left. And afterward, he came up and asked if we were who he thought we were. And, and we at were. that moment, I happened to walk up, so it was actually awesome. So uh, thank you so much, Raúl, in particular, um, for being there, saying hello, uh, for listening, visiting for so long. Uh, that means a lot to us, and uh, it, it's great to be able to meet people and, and share our love of this franchise in a way like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's great. After the signing, oh no, I had gone up while you were waiting in line. I just did another round uh, looking around the, uh, the expo center, the, the dealer's room. Took some more pictures of all the figures, which I've already taken pictures of right. anyway, but I like them. Yeah. Uh, checked in on people still playing fighters all weekend. Fighters was there alongside, like I mentioned, Tekken in uh cross battle and soul caliber yeah uh lots of stuff for sale just tons of dragon ball merch everywhere uh one of the toriyama the world um mag- not really magazine the art books yep. was uh still there joe didn't buy both so the other one was still there i thought Fair they actually enough. had a couple more dragon ball games on display than they previously did they had a couple copies of dragon ball z2 on ps2 and every time i see that i freak out because i'm like is there a v on there do they not know what they have no it's just the regular version Aww. of the game yeah <laughs> although i gotta say the nice part of uh between the two of us and also heath having as much stuff as we do, we're looking for very specific things to fill out our existing collection. So we're not just going to grab everything in sight. You yeah. Know? At this point, I'm like, well, yep, I own all those games. They're here and it doesn't do me any good to just keep buying them over right. and over. There's a couple where I'm missing a box or an instruction manual or something like that. But things like loose cards, they don't really do me yeah. any good. It's like point. how I, I bought Daisenshu until I got all the Shenlong times. Yeah, yeah. Finally found a complete set of them like over a span of days at the same book off. It was nice. That's awesome. Uh, so day three was relatively short for us, but it was an awesome time. We got our interview in and we had some extra time. Yep. And that's going to basically yeah. wrap up our episode, the the interview and our kind of breakdown. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in part two where we we're starting to feel a little down on the con about their offerings. I still feel that way even after the high of today. It's, yeah. They, when you look at the schedule, it seems like there's lots of stuff to do. And I'm sure part of it is just our age and our intent uh, and our purpose for being there. But even as a general fan, like I, I stopped in at the, the Made in Abyss panel for a little bit. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just not the audience for these kinds of panels anymore, if I ever was at some point. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I part of an anime con is making the fun for yourself, the enjoyment for yourself, right. you know, in the locale of that and the offerings around you. Uh, and we managed to do that. We're there Absolutely, together. Yeah. So, you know, we're good. 
<laughs> right. I mean, cons are always more fun when you bring a friend, right? Yep, exactly. Had a wonderful time. Uh, I don't know what else to say at this point. I was glad, glad yeah. to go. In spite of some uh, mishaps and um, some downtime that we really could have done without, I think it was overall a positive experience. I'd like to see what they can bring to the table next year. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be here, but... They seem very interested in Japanese guests. Uh, The one thing you and I have been talking about is, are they really using them to the fullest degree? It seems like Furia was absolutely. He did his own individual panel. He's on the Sailor Moon panel. He had several autograph sessions. He seemed like he was everywhere, as opposed to Masakazu Morita, who was just there for like the one thing he was there for, wasn't doing interviews, wasn't doing autographs. Yeah. It's like, I, I... that's a big name. He's a huge name in the field right now, and yeah. he's going to be a draw for no matter what he does. I don't know if that's the best. Who am I to say that is that the best use of the con's resources? Right. I, don't know. I think he did actually do autographs, but it filled up very quickly. Did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For like you one could day. Get the tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was only one day. Mm-hmm. As opposed to some of the others. Yeah. Yep, that's going to bring our episode here to a close. Uh, Julian, Anime MYC 2018, you and I. Uh, looking forward to what they bring to the table in the coming years because it's, it's an easy train ride for me. So Yeah, absolutely. And if I'm in the U.S. at the same time a con is going on, I'd be happy to come with you. Or I'll just bring someone else. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Mike. <laughs> no, you're very useful to me. So if I can, you will be there. Uh, com. That is com. Lovely to have you here. Uh, checking out the podcast, visiting the website. We got lots of great stuff coming your way in the coming weeks, in the coming months. My name has been Mike. That is Julian over there. Julian, if you could, sir, please wrap things up here. 今回も完全集ザポッドキャストを聞いていただいて誠にありがとうございます。インタビュー中に少しちょっと言ってるところもあるんだけど、それは緊張してたからな。気にしないでください。では、次回もお楽しみに。This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode 460 for the week of... No, nope. Er, nope, er. <laughs> nope. Almost nope, got nope. there. I felt like I mm. hit a syllable. I thought I hit it. Then I second-guessed. <clears throat>